Hey listeners, Jonathan here. I'm dropping in on the back catalog of episodes to let you know about a very special workshop that I'm putting together in April for fans of Mindful Money. In this workshop, I'm going to be covering the path to financial independence, or what we used to call retirement. I want to show you how to create an income stream that rises to meet your rising cost of living and lasts the rest of your life. I want to show you how to build a simple, resilient portfolio that requires the least worry and effort. This is how I manage my own money. And I want to show you how to manage and adjust income through a life of rising costs and volatile market. And as per usual, we're going to bring uh, the focus back around to those things we know add to happiness and support well-being when you do finally reach financial independence. You can register at the link below, courses.mindful.money forward slash mindful dash retirement dash review dash workshop. Thanks. I hope to see you in class. And it's something that students have, I feel, the most control over, especially once they reach the beginning of their senior year. And they're like, oh, no, am I good enough? I've done all these things, but I don't know if it's enough to get into these schools. Okay, well, those things that happened, those things that you did, those grades that you got, that's in the past. Unfortunately, you cannot change those things. But the you have the control and the power to write your college essays and make them amazing. Do you think money takes up more life space than it should? On this show, we discuss with and share stories from artists, authors, entrepreneurs, and advisors about how they mindfully minimize the time and energy spent thinking about money. Join your host, Jonathan Dio, and learn how to put money in its place and get more out of life. Hello, welcome back. On this episode of the Mindful Money Podcast, I'm chatting with Dylan Nellis. She's the founder of Dylan's College Essay Advice, and she's also an undergraduate at Stanford University. She's going into her third year. In a world where students are applying to 12, 15 colleges to be sure they get into one, she was accepted everywhere. So she's going to tell us that story today. She started out sharing her strategy on YouTube and today works directly with students and has created an award-winning online course that teaches her college essay system. As education is the cornerstone of earning, I asked Dylan to be a guest on this podcast. Dylan, welcome to the Mindful Money Podcast. All right. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Thanks for being here. We're excited for this. So where are you connecting from now? I'm in Los Angeles, California, where I was born and raised. Okay. And but you're a student at Stanford, is that right? Yes. So I haven't moved back to Stanford yet. I will go back September 20th. Do you know how people from Berkeley feel about Stanford? Yeah, there's a huge rivalry. But honestly, okay. I'm not all caught up in that. <laughs> That's good. I won't treat you poorly because you're a Stanford student. Uh, <laughs> I'm also not a Cal grad, so I'm not quite as hung up on it as many in the Berkeley area. Mm, so see. what did you learn about money and entrepreneurship growing up? Well, I grew up in a family of artists. So my mom is a dancer and an actress, choreographer, and Pilates trainer, and most recently actually became a financial professional. So that's an interesting story there. And my dad is a digital media artist and a filmmaker. So I didn't have a lot of like business going around in my household growing up, so I didn't know a whole lot. So I've actually had to learn most of it on my own by creating my own business. But they were always very, very encouraging of me to shoot for the stars and think big. They're all about endless possibilities and having 
big dreams and doing what it takes to achieve them. And I've also just like really been fascinated by the topic of innovation ever since I was little. I remember I asked my mom, like, what does it mean to make something new or to like to be an entrepreneur or something? I just remember her teaching me that word. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. So it's really funny. The first thing I ever quote unquote innovated was this thing called a joy leaf where I walked outside of my house and there was a leaf on the floor from our tree and I took it and I painted the word joy on it. And I was like, this is my product and I'm going to put it in all of my neighbor's mailboxes so that they will feel more joy. Like I was trying to help people in that way. And I don't think anyone noticed, but it made me happy. Oh, if I got a leaf with joy printed on it or written on it or in marker or paint or whatever, I think I would have noticed. <laughs> they noticed. They had a smile. <laughs> they didn't know where it came from, probably, but no. they were like, oh, this is kind of cool. So yeah. did you have any, well, you, your parents are both artists, digital art and dancing. Did they hustle a lot? Did they have like, or did they have like regular gigs? Oh, a lot of hustling, hustling. for sure. Because in the art and entertainment industry, work is not always consistent and it's all based on like the gigs that are available and the projects going on. So there was that sense of inconsistency. And I think we were all very aware of money and finances and the need to have that sort of stability, but we didn't have much education on how to do that until recently. So do you think the hustle the whole, you know, growing up with people really trying to work hard and, you know, make ends meet and get the next job and do the next thing. Do you think that helped in launching your own business? Absolutely. Because in the way that I approach my business, I am constantly working and striving for more. And I have to stop myself even sometimes and go, you know, you need to practice self-care. You need to give yourself a break. That's what all my friends tell me because I'm so driven to reach my goals. It's interesting that, and this took many years of therapy for me, but I'm a business starter, business investor, business person, my entrepreneur, my whole life. And I used to think less of that as an art, but I think starting a business and running a business and tweaking a business and figuring out how business works and maybe starting another, that's very artistic. And for some people that is artwork, figuring it out. And mm -hmm. I think that's sounds very similar, resonates what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're literally designing systems. <laughs> yeah. So tell us, I mean, I want to start it off. We've gone a little ways here, but tell us about your college application story. You know, I have just as a preface, I have a 17 year old son who's going through the college application process right now. He's got great, yeah. you know, coaches and all things to help him out, but you got in everywhere. And when I read that, I was like, no way. So tell us how that worked <laughs> and how you made that happen. Yeah. So I applied to college in 2018 and you know, I had these big goals. I wanted to get into top ranked colleges, but I didn't have any idea how and didn't have any assistance either because I went to a public Title I high school in downtown Los Angeles. I couldn't afford a private college consultant and there was just a lack of guidance at my school. So I was like, well, what do I do? <laughs> so I took it in my own hands and I taught myself everything, just searching articles and books and videos online and reading tons of information just to educate myself on the entire college application process. And that took a long time, but it was really, really fascinating. And I'm so glad that I 
put in that work and did that because my perception of what college applications even were, it completely changed because I suddenly understood that applying to college is not just about, or college applications isn't just about getting into college. It's about using very specific strategies to effectively convey your values, your experiences, and your potential to colleges. And for me, it was an experience of self-growth. It was a whole journey that I went through and I learned about myself in ways that I never thought was possible, especially being, what, 16, 17 you know, when do you have to think about who am I as a person? Why do I do the things that I do? What are my values in life? What do I want to do? What are my goals? Like these students don't tend to think about these questions. Oh, and especially like how does their experiences and their upbringing and society influence all of those things, their values, the way they, they think, their identity. And so by doing that self-reflection process, I learned so much more about myself and I was able to better convey that in my own essays and create essays that I felt proud of and then submit them with confidence and fun. Like I started actually having fun with the process, even though it was very, very stressful. Once I had that strategy, I felt good. And that's why I was so fascinated with it. And I wanted to continue working in this space and helping other students. So I don't know if you remember, but can you recall one or two of those resources you found that really were helpful? And I know that the prime resource we're going to put in the show notes is the link to the course, right? But what were some of those core resources you discovered that helped you write your course and develop your process? Yeah. So the college essay guy was instrumental. He has a bajillion resources on the internet and I read his book. And that was really, really transformative for me. What else? I think that was honestly the main, main resource that I found so much value from. But I've done a ton more research ever since and looking at all these different college consultants who do similar things and watching tons and tons of videos of students who actually did get into these schools. So, yes. (laughs) And to complete the story, I was accepted into every school that I applied to. And I applied to eight schools. So not as many as some other students who apply to like 20 plus, but I was very specific in my applications and in terms of what I wanted out of a school. So I was accepted into Stanford, USC, UCLA, NYU, UC San Diego, Fordham, Marist College, the College of New Jersey. I think that's it. Yes. And I ultimately committed to Stanford. Are you happy? You have to pretty much have to say yes, because you're still there, right? (laughs) Yes, I'm very happy. I love it there. It's definitely a high pressure environment, but I think it's good for me. And I really enjoy the types of people that go there because they're all very inspirational and have a very unique way of viewing the world. How much do you think that the essay in particular, you know, I don't know if you put put a weight on the essay versus you know, SAT scores versus which aren't as important anymore versus grades versus extracurricular activity. How much, how important is the essay? Yeah, I would say it's extremely important, especially for these competitive colleges. Very, very, very important because although, you know, so first of all, they do a holistic process in college app or admissions where they take several factors into consideration. So it's not necessarily like there's 
specific weights on everything, but that they are taking into account your GPA, your scores, your achievements, and your personal qualities like leadership, intellectual vitality, emotional intelligence, and seeing how those things work together. And of course, comparing you to the other people applying in your applicant pool. And then that's how they make a decision. So it's a lot more complicated than this matters more than this. So you can't necessarily say that. But I do think the personal essay is incredibly pivotal or incredibly important because it sets you apart from other applicants. There are always going to be students who have the same exact scores as you, the same activities as you, achievements as you, and some people who are way better than you in all of those categories. But nobody has your specific story. And your story through your college essays is a way to connect the dots from all the other parts of your application and create something that is very cohesive and really conveys your passion and your values and who you are on a deeper level rather than just numbers on paper. Do you know, I can't pull it out right now. It's in the deep recesses of my mind, but do you know the Dr. Seuss quote on no, it's truer than true. No one is youer than you. Do you know that quote? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It just, it just seems like that's the only thing you can be unique with at this. I'm just summing what you just said. The only thing you can really truly be unique with is with your essay, with your personal story, uh, everything exactly. else, everyone else can mirror. Everyone else can be just as good or better. Interesting. Yeah. And it's something that students have, I feel the most control over, especially once they reach the beginning of their senior year. And they're like, oh no, am I good enough? I've done all these things, but I don't know if it's enough to get into these schools. Okay, well, those things that happened, those things that you did, those grades that you got, that's in the past. Unfortunately, you cannot change those things. But the you have the control and the power to write your college essays and make them amazing. And so that's what I train my students to do. So when you're talking to a student about the application process, what are they really nervous about the essay? Are they really nervous about the big, the whole package or what's the biggest fear you run into? They are incredibly nervous and stressed and overwhelmed about everything. I think everything in terms of the college applications, but especially the essays. I think a lot of students, one, they don't feel like they have time to do the essays because if they want to apply to a lot of schools, they're going to need to write a lot of college essays. And just knowing that is so scary for a lot of students and enough to make them shut down and procrastinate, which makes it even worse. And they just don't even know where to begin. They don't have any strategy. No one's teaching them how to do it. And so that adds to the stress. And then because they don't know what to do when they try doing it and they try writing their college essays, it just never sounds how they want it to sound. And it's so bland and they don't know what's wrong with it and they don't know how to fix it, but they keep trying over and over to revise and rewrite it, but it's just not improving. And that's just because they don't have the correct strategy. It's not because they aren't smart or they don't have potential because they definitely do. It's just, They need the process. They need that strategy. And without it, they're wasting their time. And they might start to think that they're not even good enough or unique enough to get into their schools. And that's really damaging on their own mental health. 
So this is a, I have to check myself with this question. So as I said, I'm a parent, I've got a kid going through it right now and we're very involved in the process. And so when it comes to the essay, I think my son was told, don't read your personal essay to your parents. Don't let your parents read it. It's not about your parents. Don't (laughs) let them edit it. So how true is that? I mean, how, you know, should we actually be pretty separate from that process of them creating their future, their essays, or should we be meddling? That's funny. That's a really good question. I think it honestly really varies according to what kind of relationship you have with your kid because all families are different. I know a lot of students choose to write really personal essays about the hardships that they face in their families. And sometimes they do not have a good relationship with their parents at all. And it's really hurt them. And they've had to parent themselves in some way or another and that's really hard and so they pour that into their essay so of course they don't want to share that with their parents and hear what they have to say but in other households students aren't facing those difficulties and maybe their parents are or they know more about writing or they know like especially if they're like English teachers or whatever they can provide a lot of insight and if they know their kids personal values and strengths then parents can definitely help them strengthen it and make sure that they're showcasing the best parts of themselves. So I know for my essays, I definitely had my parents read it over and my dad was very much helping me through the editing process. needed to make sure that what I was saying like even made sense or was effectively conveying the story that he knew that I was talking about because he went through that too. Like we were going through this family experience together and that's what I was writing about. So we definitely helped. That's that's neat. So I want you to just for a second, you know, pretend like you're talking to a 17 year old that's applying to college. (laughs) What's like two really, really important pieces of advice you would give them? And then maybe one thing that you know that they're worried about, but they should probably not worry as much about. Yeah. So the first thing, and this is something I preach, (laughs) is that you should not start drafting and writing your essays without doing proper brainstorming first and writing a complete outline for your essay. You have to write an outline and a structure for your essay before you start writing it because this is going to save you so much time and so much stress. Because if you just go with the first topic that comes to mind, then you may not be writing about the best topic that would give yourself a competitive edge. And You also may not have done that deeper self-reflection to even know what are those deeper qualities about you that you want to convey to colleges or even just do that analysis on yourself. Like a lot of times students write about challenges, but if they don't do that deeper inner work to be like, okay, where does this really stem from? What false beliefs or experiences in my life did this come from, Like, then their essay just isn't going to be as strong because they don't even know that for themselves. So they have to do reflection, and then they have to structure the essay. Because if they do not structure the essay, what I always see is that they focus so much on the negative parts, like the beginning of their story, the challenge, and they rarely leave any room for the growth, which is the most important part. That's like something really, really key that I even learned again last year when in a college class for story crafting, I learned for myself that 
the story is not the main experience or that challenge that you faced. Like sure, that can be your starting point, but that's not the main story. The main story is your transformation. It is the growth journey that you went through to unlearn those false beliefs, to become a better person, to strengthen your skills and all the things that you learned along the way. That is the story. And so that's what students really, really need to hit home. And if they don't write a structure first, they're going to have writer's block also, and they won't even know where to go with the essay. And it's just going to be very scattered. And that's not what we want. We want it to really focus around a very specific theme. I mean, this is such good advice that applies, I think, everywhere. I mean, the podcast is the Mindful Money Podcast. And one of the things we talk about is reflecting first on where you want to end up, you know, what you're trying to accomplish, whether it's applying for a job or applying to colleges or starting a business or that whole idea of self-reflection and really getting your best self down, really figuring out what those values are, what that purpose is first, before you start writing the essay or before you start writing your business plan or before you start whatever the thing is. So this is great advice that actually works pretty universally. So I I want to turn the page a little bit and talk about starting a business as a 16, 17 year old was inspiration. Why why did you think, (laughs) you know, I just wrote my essays. I think I can turn this into a business. Where'd that come from? Yeah. So it didn't exactly work out that way. I never had the intention of turning this into a business. When I got into all my schools, I was very proud and very excited about sharing what I had learned because I was like, whoa, this worked. This is stuff that I found so valuable. And why does nobody know this? Or at least nobody in my high school. Like I need to teach this to people and put it out to the world. So I had watched all those YouTubers college YouTubers who make videos about this. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to put my own videos out. And I only ever intended on putting out three videos. I was like three videos with all my advice and that's it. I'm done. (laughs) It, well, what happened is they took off. They did very well on YouTube and so many students found so much value from it. And that was really heartwarming. And I thought, wait a minute, I actually have a lot more I can say. There's a lot of stuff that I can pull out and teach people. And so then I kept making videos and I kept researching the process to make sure I was saying the correct things. And even since I started, I've learned so many new things and things that maybe I don't even fully agree. Like I don't fully agree with some of the things I've said way in the past, but I'm learning more and more as I go on. And so I kept putting out these videos and this was after I graduated. So it was the summer before my freshman year of college. (laughs) And so at this point I was 17 and then students would ask me all the time, can you edit my essay? Like I take a look at my essay. I want some feedback on it. And then at that point I was in college already. So I was in my freshman year and I was just bombarded with work from college and just trying to adjust to life being different. So there was no way I could fit editing essays in. So I turned everybody down. I was like, I'm sorry, I just can't. I'm so busy. But then the pandemic hit and we were all sent home and I just lost everything, you know, lost all my friends at school and was just back home. I didn't even get to finish my freshman year. And finances, there was a strain on that for sure in my family. And we're like, okay, how are we going to pay rent (laughs) for this 
this month. And so I was trying to make money in any way that I could. And at the time I was trying to freelance like graphic design and photography and art commissions, stuff like that. But then I kept making videos and I realized I could start editing essays because I had time now. So I started charging for that and it became a business. I created my own website for it, then started doing consult calls where I would meet with students one-on-one on Zoom and work through their essays with them or help them create a structure or an outline for their essays. And then I started developing my own process for it and I really fell in love with it all. And then in September 2020, I came out with the college essay course, which is called The Ultimate Guide to Craft Your Story. And it combined all of my learnings across all time into this very simplified and comprehensive step-by-step process. And every year since, I have continued to iterate on it and make it stronger and better. And now I think it's honestly the most valuable resource that I offer. So you said a moment ago that, and I think this is beautiful to admit this and to actually preach this because I think this is true of everybody. You said that there are some things that you said earlier that you no longer believe and those were probably not right and you've reflected and you've changed that. So how do you do that? Do you redo the course or do you like edit a a subset of the course? Because I I have a course. I know that redoing an entire course can be very complex. So how do you do that? So before this year, the course was written. So it wasn't all filmed videos. Got it. So that made things easier. And I did that on purpose because I knew that things were constantly changing and I was learning more and constantly going back and changing the course and editing parts. But this year or this summer, even I created everything into videos because I think I've really, really solidified what the process is and it makes sense. And I still will probably definitely have things that I want to change here and there. And I'm open to refilming videos, but I also just add videos. Like I'll film myself doing a workshop for 20 minutes or so where I take a deep dive into a topic and then I upload that to the course so people can access this growing library of content. But for my YouTube videos, those are still up and I honestly cringe at the old ones. It's really hard for me to watch them, but I still keep them up because I know that that's how people find me and there is good information in there. But if there is something that I said that I don't agree with anymore, I'll like put in the comments, like actually, you know, I read a little correction or I say, watch this updated video here (laughs) to steer them in the right direction. And it's totally okay to learn new things. I mean, changing your yes. mind, you make a mistake, change your mind, do something different and just you just own it. Like, you know, that's, I think that's one of the things that people find challenging is to, oh, I made a mistake. I have to, you know, I have to cover it up or I have to, you know, no, 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 just own it. I made a mistake. Next thing. That's totally fine. Exactly. What have been some of the biggest challenges you've had? You know, you're going college, you had pandemic, you were starting it actually the work you were doing was becoming a business, you know, it was not as intentional as, Hey, let's start a business. So what's the biggest challenges you've had being a very young entrepreneur? Yes. I've had so many challenges. The first being that I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) I had no guidance. Like I said, I didn't grow up in a household of entrepreneurs in a business sense. So I didn't know anything about pricing or like 
product management, product design and marketing, like all of these things I had to learn on my own. And it took a lot of trial and error and time, but I'm so glad that I did it. And I'm also like so thankful that I chose to take a gap year after my freshman year because that's that was the heat of COVID. So I said, you know, I'm not going to online school. I'm going to take the year off. And this is what I chose to do with my year. And it was really hard trying to learn everything on the fly. And I think I've definitely made a lot of mistakes and learned a lot about owning my worth (laughs) because that's something that I really didn't have a grasp of when I first started out. And another thing that was a challenge is time. Once I went back to school this past year, I went to Stanford again as a sophomore and at this point had hired several essay editors to help me with the essay editing work, which was good. And so I'm glad that I did that. However, my fall quarter of sophomore year was complete hell, if I'm honest, because we had so many orders coming in and just not enough people to take them on. And so I ended up doing a majority of the work, but at the same time, I'm trying to be a manager and it's hard to be a manager and a college essay editor and a marketer. And just, there was a lot of errors also going on with orders. Like students would submit an order, but the link that they submitted to their essay was not editable. And so I had to email them, Hey, can you fix this link? Or they didn't send the right payment or just all these little things that I didn't know I would have to be dealing with. I was forced to deal with and it took up a lot of time, but more so stress that I just wish I didn't have because I'm dealing with a full course load and college life in that experience as well. So how I went about fixing that was this summer was pretty transformative. Actually, I automated almost all of my systems in the business, especially for the essay. I also hired more people, so that was helpful. But I taught myself how to automate with this program called Make, or it was previously called Integromat, and it's really, really useful. So I can automate the entire process of a client purchasing an order and then populating all that data into our task management platform and then taking a look at the editor's availability and assigning it based on that. So I've created an algorithm that does all of that on its own. So I don't have to manually be there to push that button. (laughs) And that has saved me so much time. And it's honestly one of my proudest accomplishments on top of the course, of course. (laughs) So, I mean, it's really interesting to hear you talk about what I think every small business owner ever you know, encounters. Like we have to, oh, I'm going to start this business or I fall into this business. And then you got to figure out accounting. You got to figure out marketing and you got to figure out integration. How do you, how do you stay on top of your customers? How do you make sure you deliver? How do you, you know, if you're hiring people, how do you manage those people? Like these things are, you know, incredibly difficult to figure out because you're wearing a thousand hats at a time and you did it while you were a student. So total kudos to you. And I'm just wondering, do you think anyone can do this? Can you know if you have this idea? You had an idea, you college essay, you know, courses around that, you know, helping people in that process. You had a passion for it. So, if somebody lines up a passion, something they love to do, they find interesting, that they're good at, with 
a desire to make some money or to turn it into something. Do you think anybody can do that? Or what are the special skill sets or special abilities you brought to the table to make it possible for you? I think it definitely requires some level of skill, but not even skill, but like mindset. Like if you have a passion or idea, it's one thing to have that idea. It's another thing to do it. The doing it part is a lot of work. And so if someone wants to do that, they better be committed. They better be fully committed to doing that work and learning on the fly. And one of the qualities that I think is most important is resourcefulness. Being resourceful to go out and find the answers to your problems. Because like I said, I didn't an advisor or business consultant or whatever, like telling me, here's what to do. Oh yeah, you need advice on this? Okay, here's, here's what you do. So I had to go on YouTube and look up the answers to all my questions. And I've learned so much just from doing that. And then I found YouTubers I really liked. I found podcasters. And then just this summer, I joined a course for mostly female entrepreneurs who are selling online courses and they want to learn how to earn passively. So setting up like evergreen systems, I honestly did not know what that word meant like four weeks ago. And now I'm like, okay, I'm setting it up. I'm doing it. So having that grit also grits the next one uh, to be able to stay in the game and keep working because to make income, especially passive income, it's not magical. It doesn't just come out of the, out of nowhere. You have to put in a crazy amount of work in the beginning to be able to see those benefits. I think it's, you probably know this if you're on YouTube, you probably know Gary V. Like he talks about passive income as like, you know, 99% of the talk about passive income is just the crappiest, no good garbage <laughs> in the world. And then 1% is the true meaningful stuff. And it's just what you said. It's passive income comes from incredible volumes of effort and work and pain in the front. And then it becomes passive 10 years down the road, but it takes time and effort and energy to make it happen. And, and you're starting so early that you're gonna be pretty set. I'm curious, you have all this knowledge about business now. You know, how do you build a course? How do you sell the course? How do you automate the process? What's the next project? <laughs> I think right now I'm really trying to grow this one that I have. I'm not ready to move on just yet because this is a little baby, this business, and she's going to grow. <laughs> and I want her to get as big as she can. So I'm putting in that effort and investing in this business my time, my effort, my money, you know, to make it the best it can be before moving on entirely. But I am also simultaneously working on a startup. It's, it's a parenting startup called Nurture, and I'm working on it with a team of students from Stanford. We are all in a class together. And so that's another project we have going on. Very fun. So how do you balance all these projects and you know, being a full-time student and running a business with sort of personal time and you know, getting out there to see some of your friends. Do you still see friends? Oh yeah. I see friends. I make friends a priority. So I'm not one of those people that like doesn't have any friends and just stays in the room all day. Well, I do stay in my room all day, but I, I will <laughs> set days where I go out and see friends like I did yesterday. So that's good. But how I balance it, it's really tricky. It's really hard. There, I'm not so elegant in how I balance it. So I'm not going to you know, pretend that I am. I think the summertime, like anytime I get a break from school is where I like go hard on my business and 
fix up anything that needs fixing up. So that's why I've been mentioning all this stuff about this summer. This summer, I have put so much work into this in automating these systems and yeah, putting the systems in place so that when I go to school, I won't have to deal with it. That's how I balance it. So then when I'm actually in school, I'm honestly not going to be doing too much work on the business. I mean, I'm praying that I can find some time to make videos and continue marketing and creating valuable content out there. But none of this system stuff, like building systems, like I'm not going to do that during school. And also during school, I'm very, very diligent in terms of how I run my calendar. I put everything in my Google calendar. It's insane. I'll even put like take a shower, do laundry, like little things like that, I will put in my calendar because I need to, need to know exactly how I'm spending my time. So that way I'm getting my work done for school and getting my work done for work and seeing friends. Right. So I, I just want to say, I think this has been eye-opening for me. I'm definitely going to have my son watch this when it goes live. I wanted to see if you had a the course resource, your course is going to be the resource we put in the show notes for, you know, how do you write a better college essay? But I wonder if you have, if you'd like to, you know, drop a name for the course you're taking for women in business entrepreneurs. So what, what, another resource for that we can throw into the show notes for people that want to start a business or want to scale a business. Yeah. Okay. So I love her. Gemma Bonham Carter. Gemma is spelled G-E-M-M-A. She has two courses. One is called Course Creator School, which is to help people create online courses. And I'm not enrolled in that, although that's like her main course that she sells. And then the other one that I am enrolled in is called The Passive Project, passive, like passive income. So that is the one that teaches entrepreneurs who already have a course how to grow and scale. And I love it. It is wonderful. So rich in content and value. Awesome. Thank you for that. So a couple questions here at the, as we get close to wrapping the, and they're more personal in nature. So buckle up. So <laughs> what was the last thing you changed your mind about? Okay. The first thing that came to mind is my need to hire managers because going into summer, I thought that I needed to hire managers to, to help me with all this work that I was explaining about, you know, bombarded with orders in while doing school. And so I needed people to help me with that part of the process. But then I realized I could just automate it. <laughs> so that's exactly what I did. I still held on to a couple of people I was thinking about hiring for manager positions. And I had to honestly be frank and say, you know what? I actually have looked at this and I don't think that there's that much work that I actually need done because I'm in the process and now I've actually finish the process of creating these automations. So I don't need someone to copy and paste information from a spreadsheet. They can focus on more valuable work, like editing essays and improving the quality of the work of my editors. So that was a huge thing to realize, like, I actually don't need managers because I automated it. (laughs) Beautiful. That's a great learning lesson. So is there anything people don't know about you that maybe you haven't told them, maybe you've told them they forgot. But is there anything that people don't remember about you, don't know about you that you really want them to know? I'm trying to think of things that they don't know because I feel like I'm pretty open. Like, or maybe I could just reiterate it. Like I am really, really into personal growth and 
that whole mental health and well-being lens. And so I think that bleeds into everything that I do, especially in my own business, because I'm not like, like I know other college consultants and people who help with this whole process. They're very focused on like, let me get you into Harvard. Let me get you into Stanford. You know, like, let me get you the results. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yes, I'm all about those results too. But what matters more to me is that you are going to come out of this process a transformed human being. You're going to be elevated. You're going to have a stronger understanding of who you are at your core and gain more confidence because I've noticed like all of these students, especially this year applying to college, almost all of them are writing their essays or are thinking about it around some mental health issue, Hmm. which isn't necessarily advised to do. So I have to kind of reroute them and make sure they're focusing more on the growth than the challenges but it's eye-opening to see how much these kids are struggling with mental health issues because they were the ones who had their entire high school experience in the pandemic so it's no-brainer why they have all these struggles and I think that we really really need to approach everything with a more mental health well-being lens because these students are going through something very, very real. And so I not only want to get them into college, I want to give them some of these tools to be able to improve their self-esteem and confidence and understand how to do this self-awareness work. That's beautiful. And so that's advisable. People that all need more self-esteem, all need some support in this kind of area. And yeah, mental health is a it's real. It's a serious issue. I'm thankful that my kids are both seem pretty stable, but I know that the environment is very, very difficult, you know, coming out of high school just right now. It's really tough. Mm -hmm. So on that note, how do people get in touch with you? What's the best way to reach out and uh, say, Hey, I need your services or consulting or what have you. How do people get in touch with you and where are you active on social media? Yes. So you can find me at collegeessayadvice.com. That is where everything is my course my free resources my essay editing resources my consulting services all of that collegeessayadvice.com i am on youtube as we've discussed it's just dylan nellis my first and last name and on tiktok dylan nellis as well and on instagram it's college essay advice as well and yeah just to clarify for everyone my business's name is Dylan's College Essay Advice. So if you just search those words, I'm sure you'll find like every link that I just mentioned. And we'll make sure it's all clear in the show notes so that people can click right through for sure. But yeah, for listeners, just Google the words. Dylan, thanks so much for being on the show. I very much appreciate your being here. And I think that we made a difference and are going to help people earn more. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Thanks for listening. Full show notes for each episode, which includes a summary, key takeaways, quotes, and any resources mentioned, are available at mindful.money. Be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you're enjoying the content and getting value from these episodes, please leave us a rating and review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash mindful money. We'll be sure to read those out on future episodes. 